Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. In today's episode, we unpack a list of 15 rules that emotionally detached men tend to live by and why it's important to know this. Here is a sampling of just the first eight rules. Number one, I don't know me, so I can't know you. Two, I don't go to deep places, so you shouldn't go there either. Three, emotions scare me, so I won't even go there if you ask. Four, Fear hinders me. I don't have a healthy outlet for expressing fear. Five, I get defensive and detached in order to make you stop talking or pursuing me. Six, the emotional chaos of a woman is overwhelming. I would get lost in there. Seven, my wife has needs I can't meet, so I won't try. Eight, when I don't know what to do, I'll just try to fix something. So dive in with us on this journey to grow and mature emotionally as men so that we can have deep, thriving relationships. For helpful resources, visit BeBroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into today's topic. Well, all right, Stephen Cervantes, back on the Pure Sex Radio program. How you doing? Hooray, hooray, back again. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so um, today I'm kind of excited about what we're going to talk about because I feel like there's a lot of men out there that are going to resonate with this, Mm. even if they don't want to, (laughs) because the reality (laughs) is I think there's a lot of detached men, and so we're going to talk about sort of these rules that emotionally detached men kind of live by. There you go. And so why don't you set up the conversation for us? Oh, this is too good. So I love marriage. I love marriage counseling. I love two people bonding and joining into oneness. But what you quickly find is weak people don't bond very well. And so... And they didn't intentionally intend to be weak, emotional people. But if you didn't get good training growing up, and you always have to ask yourself, how emotionally bonded were my parents? Mm-hmm. Because they're my role models, right? And how am I going to learn about working through issues, staying attached, uh, working through difficulty? Uh, we have differences, male-female view, needs of each other. How do we work to this oneness thing? If if you are trained to detach. And so if your parents attached well, well, you watched them and you learned the skills. And if they lived detached, God was telling me mom and dad fought all the time. They just fought. Differences, they fought. Went to their corner. And then after a while, they separated and left. 
I mean, that's a kid trained to detach. He doesn't like emotion, doesn't like intense language, doesn't know how to be up close, doesn't know how to feel safe. And when his wife loses it, you know, or and then at times he'll lose it. I mean, you know, it's just that whole thing. So I thought I was listening to a lot of guys. I love working with men. And, and I thought, I wonder if I could put together a list of rules that d- detach men live by, but they don't even know they live by them. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to look at is a list of rules. And as I go down this list, people are going to pop into your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, know, you, you know they're not good emotionally anyway. But what you don't know is they have some rules. And this is just my attempt to engage a dialogue and, and point out a little a little system at work of detaching. And what are the thoughts that go with an individual that lives a lifestyle of detaching? So here we go. Rule number one, I don't know me very well, so I can't know you very well, Hmm. right? I don't wanna go deep inside me. There's pain and suffering, so I'll just live on the surface and you live on the surface. And when you go deep, I get lost. Now to understand this, when you when you say this one of I don't know me, we're we're talking about uh, the the guy that. Uh, tell me if I'm no no right good. here yeah go. I'm th- I'm thinking of the guy that when you when you ask the question or when you start to say hey tell me about yourself, they tell you what job they have, right. they tell you where they live, yeah, they tell you just stuff like yep. they tell you just kind of the superficial stuff. Right. They don't necessarily tell you about their their dreams, their longings, their struggles. Their you got it. Okay, so that's you what you're it. talking about when you say I don't know me, right? And so then it obviously then it would seem terrifying if they don't know how to get to that place in themselves. How could I possibly go there in somebody else? You got it. You got it. And it's interesting because recently I caught up with an old high school friend I hadn't seen in a long time. Well, I'm a therapist. I love deep dialogue. And he says to me, he said, you're, you're kind of making me nervous the way you're talking. <laughs> and, you know, because I want to ask big questions, you know. Yeah. And then I was talking at a different time to a neighbor about some work I'm doing, emotional work. And he goes, you ask very private questions. <laughs> you, why do you ask me things I don't want to talk about? And it's like, okay, yeah. never mind, never mind. I got it. I get it. You know, so if. If you're not comfortable in deep places with yourself, right? How, when you, right? When you start, then it's like. Well, yeah, my wife and I sometimes joke about, we think there's maybe people that ignore us at church because of that. Because <laughs> like, we're <laughs> going to go true. to the deep questions. You know? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it's funny because I've got to thinking recently, a third of the people are oblivious. Mm-hmm. And a third of the people sort of know there's emotional stuff going on, but it's uncomfortable to talk about. And a third of the people are in enough pain, they want to do some work. Mm, Yeah. And then a guy said to me, nah, it's too high. Maybe 10 or 15% of the people want to do work. That's probably true, yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And so what you said was fabulous because it's what I experienced. I really think some people don't want to talk to me because I don't want to talk about football or golf or the weather and how bad it mm-hmm. is. I mean, after a while, it, it sort of bores me. I want I want to make a connection, you know? Right, yeah. But if you're in that first camp, which is like, let's talk about the inflation problem, please. <laughs> 
You know, it's like, okay. All right, we're going down the rules. Number two, I don't go to deep places, so you shouldn't go to deep places. Mm. Now, you might be my wife, and you may want to go to deep places, but I don't go to deep places. So please understand, I don't want you to go to deep places. Yeah, and you know what? I'm a, a little bit of this is a little bit of a nuanced difference to the first rule, I think, because the first thing that popped into my head is this is a uh, this is a a projection that this person is making, right? Yeah. They're basically saying, "Hey, if I'm unwilling to go there, then now I'm gonna I'm gonna force mm, that kind good. of mentality on you." Yeah. So it. I think what what you can also see maybe in detached people is they maybe have learned manipulative tactics or ways to be able to say, I'm going to project where I'm at and my unwillingness to do certain things or, or my own ignorance, and I'm going to say, that should be how you live too. And maybe they just only start to surround themselves with people that are just as detached as they are because it's like... I don't want somebody that's going to be asking me hard questions or going to deep places. That's right. you know? It's stressful. I don't yeah. go there. You don't go there, okay? Number three, emotions scare me. So I won't go there. And if you go there, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to have an emotional conversation? I'm not going to have it. So because it scares me, I'm not going. So please stop. Don't go there. Let's talk about this for just a second because I would love your your thoughts on, especially from a, from the counseling perspective and what you've seen over the years. What are some of the main reasons why somebody gets scared about emotions? You know, like what is the what is what is the fear that you know what drives that fear a lot of times? So, I mean, the 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 deeper fears are I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, I'm different, I won't be accepted, I'm not like you, right? And so those live down there. And what we have to do is try to stay above them. And if we start on the discussion of emotions, right, we're going to go deeper into those things. So, so I really don't like me. I don't enjoy me. I don't rest me. I don't play well with me. I do things. Mm. And then I die. Mm. So you're taking me into a place that I don't have good language. I've never looked at. I, and I, am I answering the question? Well, so think? I'm wondering. So, so it sounds to me a little bit of that fear can be, born, can be part of just feeling ignorant. Like I wouldn't know what to call certain things. I wouldn't know. Uh, you know, is that part of it? Just the yeah, idea of I don't but, have the language. But, but or... this is good because you're focusing me a little bit here. The intensity of my unworthy feeling, mm. the intensity of of thinking I'm bad, right? I I can't go anywhere near it, mm-hmm. and so uh, because it's so woven into me and it scares me so much, I never want to look at it, and mm. I don't want you to get anywhere near it. Or to, to to invite me into it, right? Yeah. So so it's a lot of trauma. I'm inter- I'm reading this book, and it said we've always known trauma messes people up, you know, because it overwhelms you and it confuses you, and then you turn on yourself. Like, did I do this? Look how mm-hmm. bad. This-. But now they're saying stress can be as as uh, as in difficult. It can create difficulty in coding bad messages. If you're under stress, under stress, under stress, it can reshape the body. Hmm. So it's now stress and traumas that you experienced in childhood that will confuse you and are painful and overwhelming. You seem as a kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let's keep going. That's no, good, yeah. So 
These fears I have inside me hinder me. And fears have always hindered me. And when we talk about emotions, we have to talk about struggles. And when we talk about struggles, then we're starting to open up a dark place where the fears live inside me. Yeah, and I, I think it's good to, to remember, too, we're, we're talking here specifically about rules for emotionally detached men. Yes. And so when you talk about the last one where it's like, hey, emotions scare me, and now we're talking specifically about fear. Yes. I do think sometimes, and, and I know this is a general statement, bell curve type thing, but I do think sometimes those two rules um, kind of manifest differently, generally speaking, in men. Okay. Right, and, and the reason I say that is because this idea of fear hindering me, are are men generally allowed to say they are afraid right. in our culture? No, no way. Only weak weenie men. You say can't they're say afraid. I'm scared to death. I don't know how yeah. to. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a father. Right. I don't know how to be a friend. I, that's right. I'm scared. Yeah, and we're not allowed to do that. And so I think that's one of the w- reasons it hinders them because now they have to keep that bottled up, and. We know that fear doesn't usually just diminish when it's in the dark or when it's hidden. No. It only increases. Like yeah. the fear language, the fear thoughts only get stronger. Yes. So I'm glad you remind these are rules of emotionally detached men, and we're saying so men can challenge themselves or so that women can see, oh, this is a guy that lives by the rules of detachment. Mm-hmm. This is how he lives. You don't even see him. He just lives by them, and they confuse her but when she knows there's sort of a set of rules he's living by, okay, relax. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about it now. But but sometimes she'll take it personal because he's living by a set of rules to stay detached. And she'll pull him in and he won't, you know. So the next one applies, I get defensive. When you get emotional and and you want to go deep and you want to practice you know, unloading and sort of cleaning up your system by venting out your pain, well... I don't know what to do, so I get defensive, I get lost, I detach. I'll even use anger to make you stop. Well, what do you want me to do? Why are you telling me this? I didn't do it. You can hear the anger. He's panicking. He's scared. He doesn't know what to do. So he'll use his anger to break the moment. Well, that one hits too close to home, so let's keep going. And let's keep. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw that one, I'm like, oh, man, you know, unfortunately, I, I still got some work to do on that one because there is a sense in which, because uh, I, can, I can relate to this personally, the idea of if, if let's say, my wife, she, she's just going somewhere and I have just complete ignorance yeah. for knowing how to make a adequate response to that. Mm. It's easy for that first trigger to be, hey, I don't know what, you know, just, and and then just kind of just divert and redirect and just kind of get upset. And um, so Does I, that happen early or does that happen way into the, the conversation that you'll. I mean, it's not always, it's not always right away. Good. Because one of the things that uh, a sort of a tip for a guy would be. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. Right. Keep talking. Because if I'm lost, if I you say more, I can catch up and I can buy time. Right. right? Yeah. So the whole idea, invite more out, invite more out. Because mm-hmm. then it looks like you're with her and she's going where she's going anyway. Well, and the other <laughs> thing too that I've noticed when I do that is then there is a sense in which my system can settle down. Yes, yes, by time. So it's kind of That's like, right. okay, yeah, this isn't, you know, I don't have to hyperventilate here and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> right, and, and, 
And emotions repeat. Uh, they recycle. They return. Mm-hmm. They just come around and around. It's not like if you missed it the first time, it's never going to be said again, right? Just let that woman talk, and she'll circle back around, and she'll. Well, she'll especially be- after being married for twenty six years, yeah, they, things come back around over and over again. So, <laughs> rule number six: the emotional chaos of a woman is overwhelming. I will get lost in all of her emotions, so I'm not going there. Don't even start the emotional dialogue because I get overwhelmed. I don't know how to perform, right? I'll get lost. I'll look stupid, so stop. You know, this makes me think uh, I want to connect this a little bit to what we had shared in a previous uh, program where we were talking about understanding male sexuality and understanding God's design of us to be mm. responsible and have power and strength and these kind of things. And I think in this thing, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Um, we're not being asked, I don't even think by God, we're not being asked to mirror oh, our wife oh. or mirror a woman in her emotional expression or anything like that. What we're being asked is, can we be a stability? Can we yeah. be a sense of like, hey, you may be flittering and fluttering all over the place, but I'm going to be right here and not feeling like I've got to have an answer for every emotion no, that she expresses right. or I've got to no, be able to reciprocate. Yeah. But the idea of just like, I can be here. I can be present. But see, the greatest gift you have is you, your mm-hmm. being. And when you bring your being to your wife, you convey value to her. When you look at her with your eyes and you square off with her body, or if she's leaning and you lean in, and if you just pace with her, she feels like, okay, he's with me. He gets me. She mm-hmm. makes that assumption. But when you start to fidget around and get angry and say, I'm lost, I don't know what to do, right? Because I'm trying to affirm what you're saying. Your personhood is the value. Yeah. Just being there is the value. And if you stay long enough, you're going to learn. All the systems repeat themselves. She's very knowable. She struggled with the issue last week, last month. Lots of stuff repeats. But detached men don't stay around long enough. Well, that's another thing that I was going to say, too, because this just popped into my head. Another thing I think that is part of of detached men, and it relates to this idea here of when, hey, there's chaos going on, I'm not going to enter into that, is that um, detached men are often very self-centered, self-focused. Yes, yeah. So if if his wife, who is feeling just an emotional explosion of whatever kind, the emotional chaos, as you described it here, um, he is thinking of how that affects him. Instead of seeing it as like, oh, my wife is in need here, or my wife is in turmoil, or my wife is just needing some stability. Flooding, overwhelmed. So some of that too is is a recognition, and this is for us men to think of, is if if we are finding ourselves being so self-focused in how uh, an emotional... uh, expression around us is affecting us, we need to say, okay, wait a second, I'm making this about me when it's actually about this other person. And if we're made for oneness, yeah. right, we have to get get in close, right, and create a safe space for both of us to be in here and explore, right? And if somebody leaves, if somebody uses anger, right? Or the next one is, she has needs that I can't meet. And she's going to tell me these needs. She's going to direct them at me. She's going to voice them at me. She has all these needs that I can't meet. So I don't even want to try. Hmm. So don't even try bringing all that stuff to me, right? You know, and it's like he forgets. No, God made her. She's just telling him about her life. Mm-hmm. He is not the the fixer of her soul. Yeah. 
this is one area where I think Elaine, my wife, has has really done an excellent job. After we kind of got through our hell and, and started recovery, one of the things that she really realized was that she had been looking to me to be the the one to meet those needs that really only her father in heaven could meet. And so in some ways, mm. her she reframed our marriage relationship in the sense of like, you know what? This is a blessing. This is wonderful. This is good. You're not God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, it, and it's brought a lot of health, I think, into really? our relationship because that works both ways. Now that really takes the pressure off the guy. Mm-hmm. And puts it on the God and strengthens this relationship. While in the previous program, you you made a reference to, if you don't understand your mission, you're probably playing a little sad, broken mission. And you got to grow up to the big mission. And so your wife's hanging around until you grow up to the big mission. Yeah, and I would say, too, just because there are certain things that we can't meet and certain needs that we can't meet, and therefore, you know, we've got to look to God for that, that doesn't say that you get a pass for just not attempting to, to oh, help right. or yeah, not attempting. Yeah, an excuse you, know, you don't get an excuse out. to say, oh, yeah, well, God's going to take care of everything so I can be a bump on a log over here. You right. Know? So, so when I don't know what to do, I go fix something. I'm a good fixer. In life, I fix things. I understand things. And so this guy tells me, I had a a fight with my wife. She and I had this big fight, and 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 then I didn't know what to do, so I cleaned her car. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it right there, right? I can clean your car. You like a a nice car. I can't understand what you're telling me. I can't solve your pain, you know. And when I get flooded, and I think I'm supposed to fix this, I don't fix people. I specialize in fixing things. I'll clean your car. It, isn't that beautiful so, for a detached man to do what he can do? And, and here's the thing: I was actually gonna, I was gonna lean into the 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 little bit of positive aspect of this, okay? And 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 say a word out there to the wives, especially if you see this in your husband. If he's the guy that when, hey, things yeah. ramp up emotionally and then he goes and he fixes the car, or he washes, you know, or he does whatever. Um, take that as a, a few feet that have been built in a bridge. Like, it's better than the guy that just goes and completely Gets isolates. Or yeah, yeah. He runs off. So to in the some bar. ways, I feel like that's something that can be built on. Yeah. Because there's at least a sense in that guy that says, I don't know what to do over here, but I'm really good over here and I will do this positive yeah. thing over here. So there's at least a sense in him that says, I would like to yeah. do something positive yeah. here. That's so it. kind of fan that flame a little well, bit. Well, and what and, I love about that story is he knows she likes a clean car. Right. Yeah. So he can he succeeds and pleases her over there, but he can't hold the moment well, right? Yeah. So we're on rule nine. I'm addicted to fixing, not emotions. I fix things. Fixing is how I get value. I love things. Things don't turn on you. Things don't get mad at you. I love projects. I love doing things. I can see success. They don't argue. They don't fight back. They don't whine. They don't complain. I like tasks and things. Yeah, the, the challenge, I think, for this this man is, or in, in this particular rule, is that 
as long as you are essentially getting your validation in your identity and what you can do or like your behavior, right. you're you're missing a whole enormous aspect of what it means to be human and especially what it means to be a man. Mm. In other words, um, you're going to have to go on a mission of understanding that your value and your identity has to be rooted in something deeper than that because... Uh, you may not want to hear this, but um, every day that you live, you're getting older. Your capacity, your ability to to fix, to do things, that's going to change. Right. You know, if you're a guy that can, you know, lift 200 pounds today, guess what? At some point in time, you're not going to be able to do that. So, so the idea of 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 putting all of your value or getting all your sense of value in just your ability mm. to fix things, yeah. You got to have a deeper sense of identity and a deeper and value. a relational, right. almost not a thing. Yeah, so I think this is true of most of us. The rule I live by is don't make mistakes, right? Don't fail, because if you fail, you'd be called a failure, mm-hmm. right? So I fix things, but you want me to be emotional, but that's going to set me up to fail. I don't like to fail, so I'm not going to try to be emotional. I'm going to try to give you a solution or to do something because I don't want to fail. Yeah, and this is, of course, why then men would detach is because if you don't, if you don't try, you can't fail, right? <laughs> right. Yes, that's right. That's so, why we shut it down. So there's whole categories then of his life, like you said, especially relational and emotional. That it's like I just never crossed that line, and therefore, hey, I'm good. I don't. I won't fail. Number eleven. I must be good so people will love me. Right, and so people get good at their jobs, and they get promoted, and they're good at their tasks, and numbers or whatever you do whatever you do you get good at it and then you earn love but but as we spoke earlier god just wraps himself around us and wants to love on us and and the reality then, is is I th- we talk about this a lot in the workshop about what we call image building and that is the idea of you're going to build an image that looks a certain way to other people so even with this i would say it's something where you can look good you can look like you're successful, but the reality is, is behind there is a broken, scared little boy. You know, there's a guy that doesn't know what he's doing in, in a lot of cases, doesn't know how to really bond well. And so it's, it's, you're going to create more and more of a chasm there between how you're presenting yourself and who you really are. And that creates a divided man. Right. And that's not a healthy man. Mm-hmm. Number 12, I fix, I don't love well, I don't love myself well. I don't understand love. I don't connect well. Remember, I don't connect with me, love. I'm sorry. I don't connect with me, um, and I don't connect with you. So when you say, well, let's love each other, it's like, no, I don't like me, mm-hmm. okay? So I never go there. And then when you're displeased, you prove I'm not likable. So I don't get the love thing at all, right? Yeah, so we're talking here about rules for emotionally detached men. I think a lot of times... We think of that only in connection to like a relationship, right? So this is a, a man that's emotionally detached from his friends or his family or his wife or whatever. Yeah. The reality is emotionally detached men, they're detached from themselves. Yes, that's good. So like you said earlier, there's certain places that he says, I'm not going I would never go to that event or I'm not gonna talk about that trauma or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share that emotion. I don't know what language to put on that. So there's a huge detachment, not just relationally, there's a gigantic detachment internally. 
Yes. Where right. he's just not connected to himself. And that's why people say you're kind of shallow or mm-hmm. you're not interesting. You're not fun to talk to. Where's the, the flavor? Where's the richness, you know? No, they talk about things to stay safe. Number 13, my wife does not feel valued. No matter what I do, she does not feel valued. So she likes that I wash the dishes, vacuum the floor, bring on the paycheck. But all those things, the, the way to feel valued is to stay in dialogue, to hear pain and suffering, to help someone be known, to vent their pain and still love on them. Right, that's value. Mm -hmm. So she values my tasks, but my wife does not feel like I value her. This kind of makes me think a little bit of the, uh, you know, the five love languages and and how a person might receive love. And I think about my wife and for her, it's quality time. Mm. So now she she often says she'll take all of them. (laughs) But like if I'm and I'm acts of service, so if I'm doing all these acts Acts of service, I may be missing. Right. Because for her, it's about that time investment that she's going to feel like, okay, you value me. And just be with me, mm-hmm. right? Just slow down. Be with me. What do we have to do? Nothing. Just right. be with me as I journey through life. I know you breathe me, right? That's good. 14, my wife wants to talk about flaws and struggles and secrets and pain and fears. And I don't. I love how you actually wrote this down. You know, my wife wants to talk about flaws, struggles, and secrets. I do not. <laughs> Period. <laughs> that's right. that's the that's the definition of detachment. I do not. Period. <laughs> you know. That's it. That's it. And so you see this detachment. That's a beautiful image of she wants to go places, needs to go places. She's, like women talk to kind of clean themselves up. There's something inside me. When I talk it out, I just feel better. Mm-hmm. So if you could just let me talk all this stuff out, I'll feel heard. But right, I start talking, you get scared. And then you break our attachment, right? So finally, hiding all the time scares me. So you know this. We know this from the weekend retreats where we talk to men, right? They're hiding. Mm -hmm. And they know they're struggling. So hiding all the time scares me. But I do not know what else to do. I've hidden all my life. I've avoided all my life. I haven't gone to places don't want to go there. Don't think if I go there alone. I mean, there are guys that literally cry that say, don't make me tell my story. Mm-hmm. Right? It's my own story scares me. But here's what I would say. And one of the things that we've learned from these, the, the weekend intensives that we do. And this is, if you are one of these guys that says, listen, hiding does scare me, but I don't know what to do. Then what I want to encourage you to do mm-hmm. is step into a group of other men mm-hmm. who are, in that group for the same reason. Because here's what we found. When those guys will share their story over the weekend, Mm -hmm. it's like scales fall off of them. Like the weight just falls off and they realize I'm in a safe place. I can actually be known and it's okay with all of my flaws and all of my struggles and all of my failures. And um, we need that. And so I would say for the men out there who maybe a lot of what we've been talking about here has resonated with you and you've realized I'm, I'm living as a detached man. I really encourage you to get into a support group, get in a group with other men. And the reason I say that is because sometimes that can be a softer 
practice environment right than just trying to say i'm going to square up and face my wife and you know because it's just we've got to learn language we've got to learn how to be uh, uh safe we've got to learn how to be settled in ourselves yes. in a way to be able to and i think a group of men who are willing to share those deep struggles yeah. you also you're going to feel a camaraderie because it's like hey this is another guy so already we've got maleness in common. That's right. And Mailers, males are safe to males, right? We'll check each other. We'll chest bump. We'll, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not always true. But, but a woman is emotional and passionate and tense and uses words quicker and faster. And men will slow down. Men will call each other. You know what I mean? Men create a space that men need to, to unpack slower maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I agree. So hopefully this has been helpful in terms of just understanding what does it look like for a man to be emotionally detached. Um, and if you would like to kind of dive deeper and keep working on these uh, issues and, and try to become more attached to yourself, uh, to God, to others, go. uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you with that. And uh, we're glad you've been here, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.